Good afternoon. You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and the programme is Local Media This Week. Our panel get together around the table here and uh, we're, we've all the newspapers spread out and we're having a good look and uh, we'll give our take maybe on some of the stories that are in the local papers this weekend and we're looking at basically the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo. Delighted to welcome our, our panel here back again. First of all, John S. Kerry. John, good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon, Jim. And uh, Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're very welcome. Thanks, Jim. And fresh from being elected onto the board, the governing authority of UL, is uh, David Fleming. David, delighted to welcome you and c- congratulations. Thanks very d- much, Jim. I noticed you didn't genuflect when I entered into the room, but I don't, uh, I'm not that type of governor. <laughs> well, the, the, the afterglow that came from you sort of reflects on us all. Yeah. Anyway, well done, David. Thanks very much, and, Jim. And, Thank and you're welcome again. Now, uh, looking at loads of um, different and quite a variety of stories this week in in both papers, I'm just looking at the the Clare Echo, uh, and it's also, I think, covered in the Clare Champion. Uh, Anti-vaxxers target schools and homes of board members. And this would be in uh, in the Shannon area, Gaelskull Donakarua and... St. Connor's National School, and they had graffiti uh, spread in the walls. Um, a very a very sinister uh, development, John. Indeed, uh, and we've had uh, reflections of the same thing in Dublin, hadn't we, uh, last week? There'll always be, of course, there'll always be a rump in the population that will object to anything just for the sake of objecting. But this type of thing raises uh, interesting questions should we have controls in our laws about uh, uh, how we behave in public? Well, what's the word? Um, uh, legitimate protest. Pro- legitimate protest, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. should we? Well, we, we've had cases, of course, nationally where um, I think Leo Vradker uh, was targeted in That's his right. home, and occasionally ministers are targeted in their private residences and yeah. um, and there is a case to be made I suspect um, for because they're not just obviously the home of a public representative but but the, the family members that might be in those homes uh, but in this case of course these are you don't expect these sorts of targeted um, assaults on on really private individuals they may be serving in board of managements but it's boards of management are not really, I think, Cur- public. Currently, it's not, David. It's not against the law to uh, to parade in front of <coughs> a citizen's house. Well, no, no, because of course, if you're on the public street and you have a right, a right, you know, um, and that's of course the case. The Orange Order uh, always says they have a right to march on the public highways. On the King's Highway. Uh, uh, um, but but the law that I think people could break is. Um, criminal damage or damage to property. So if you put graffiti on somebody's wall, you could be prosecuted for that. Now, no complaints, according to Porig's no, article. No, no um, complaints. Uh, Ungarda Shikana have confirmed to the Clare Echo that they have not received reports of criminal damage during the incident. So that suggests that it's probably the only thing that the guards could do with them, or if they're breaking the public or public peace, public order, maybe catch them in the act. But... Uh, 
It, it is, as you say, it is sinister. There are better ways to protest. And, and this question in particular about child, the age five to 12, it is a sensitive one. Mm. It's not like the last, not like the last time. It's just listening to what people have said on the national airwaves. And it, it, some will and some won't. Mm. Um, some who have got the vaccine themselves are a little bit hesitant for their children. Mm. You know, and how people behave in public in uh, protest situations, okay, we ha we seem to be a bit different to our brotherhood uh, on the continent. But then somebody would say, as "Well, but we have a different type of policing philosophy mm. here in mm. Ireland mm. as well. Mm. Mm. We do not have a confrontational uh, philosophy of policing." No, where, where it's in in certain parts of Europe, it is quite oh, very in your strong. Face. Uh, graffiti, graffiti is very mild. Yeah. when it comes to uh, protest. But you go to Rome, you see plenty of graffiti. Yes, I wonder yeah. though, with schools, I mean, yes. the, the, what is even the point of of targeting schools, even with graffiti or with protest? Because I'm, I'm presuming that, you know, if and when this comes in, that vaccinations will be made available to children. I mean, it's up to the. It will be up to the parents, presumably, whether or not to to take up a vaccine and to yeah. have the vaccine offered to their children. Mm. I mean, the school has no real role in it at no, all. Yes, but they have no real decision. I think it's 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 the anti-mask is is like the, it is the masking that has come in now for certain cohorts of children in primary schools. Mm -hmm. Remember, secondary schools were always wearing masks, mm -hmm. school children, and certainly in universities they were. Now now they've brought that policy in, and uh, so there's a photograph of the graffiti um, for people to look at, we won't read it out, but page 14. Yeah. For anybody interested in, 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 in the graffiti, um, and and the message that people that the protesters have, but it, like I, I imagine, actually, what we're not seeing and what is not being reported on is the amount of uh, attacks on social media, mm. on 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 Twitter, and so if a school has a Twitter site, you'd probably expect to see it there. Maybe they don't, but I, I imagine it's being propagated, and that's where the real nasty stuff is said because these are keyboard warriors they don't put themselves they don't there's never a face or a name put beside these things and if you're interested in protests you should be brave enough to put your name to something and and your face in the public domain well i know the okadan smith school was targeted there two weeks ago as well with graffiti on this on this and what kind of stuff pat was put on i don't know on it it was to do with to do with the vaccination and the and uh, the masks wearing. Yeah. But so I, in, pa in, par in Park Man's article, there's a photograph of the actual um, uh, writings or graffiti, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. With yeah, the content, yeah. you can read the content there yeah, for yourself. I was listening to Claire Fim uh, the morning there, and, and um, uh, the fellow that was on the morning program there, he, he interviewed uh, two, two, um, two principals in schools in Innes. Mm -hmm. And um, one one principal out in, in, in the greatest school out in uh, Terrellinus, he, he said that it was, it was no problem, he says, with masks. It was 98% it was of a compliance with, with wearing masks. Mm. And um, there was another fellow on as well from one of the others. Was it, second, was it the, the Christian Brothers? And they said they had no problem either. He said the majority of the, the kids came in and they were, they were, they were wearing the masks. Yeah. Mm. But this could, this could be done by, by one or two 
Little no, just blackguards, one, you one know, per, one person, one person, one person. Okay. Okay. Yeah. and and because there are yeah. such things in in schools, we say where children are obliged to wear a uniform, for example. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, somebody could object to that. Yes. Um, do you know? Maybe could they object to um, someone in Bodaik to object to Bodaik playing uh, hurling team playing in the black and amber? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You could object to anything yeah. where, where a group um, decision is required. So now that raises then a further question, the responsibility of the media in how, in fact, it presents data like this to the public eye. Mm, mm, you know? Mm. Because depending on how it's done, it can be an attractive thing for some people to decide, gee, I must do a little bit of that. Mm. Do you know? Mm. Look at all the publicity, publicity it gets. To get, yeah. I don't get too much publicity anyway, you see. So yeah. this might be a way of garnering some for myself. What do you think, David? Yeah, yeah, it's certainly... I, I suppose journalists, and particularly people who have to decide, editors uh, who have to decide what gets on the front page and what doesn't, yeah. have, have um, some responsibility in that regard. How representative is it? Uh, and... Uh, a vox pop would help, you see. Yeah, it? yeah. No, and that's what how the national media cater yeah. for it. They, they, they do a vox pop. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we'll go on. The next item we see here is covered in both the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo is and, and covered, well covered, uh, is the county development plan. And uh, I see that um, we're recording this on Thursday evening, but by the time. It airs uh, today, Sunday. Uh, the county development plan will be available to the public to consult. Yeah. Well, Jim, what do you think? Do we need a county development plan? Of course you do. I mean, we, we're... <laughs> I'm on, I didn't ask the question, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, seriously, of course you need a, a... It provides the material for discourse, doesn't it? Analysis. It's, it's, it goes in the face of uh, the, the tendency... Uh, to just have reactive policies all the time. This mm. is a vision, isn't it? It's a, an invitation, Jim. Yes. It's an invitation to the citizens of County Clare to actually make an input into the plan. And the challenge is, how do you actually facilitate that mm. so that something positive comes out of the, the effort? Yeah. And I suppose you, know? you, you allow consultation because you want... In theory, at least, you want the population of Clare to buy into the plan. Exactly, yeah. Um, but also, wait a minute, would there be a little bit of scepticism in that one? I mean, <laughs> it, may also, it may also be um, a genuine invitation to the citizenry to come up with ideas to add or subtract. Do you know? Yeah. I, I, I take but a more benign view of it now than you would. Could, yeah. I, could I ask, throw out another question then, on, on the same point, is in the previous development plan and plans, to what extent was the public feedback taken on board? Do we know? I don't know. Well, I, I think the development plan is always put up for, for view, and, and anyone can have a look at it, and they can go in and, and, make, and make a submission. Make submission. But, but 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 my question, Pat, is: Does that submission have any meaning ultimately? Is it simply because it's part of the public consultation and it's there, and we've done it, so we've, the council can say we've ticked that box, or does it actually carry much weight? I don't. I I, I, I doubt it carries an awful lot of weight. Yeah. I, I, I but so what? What's the I, point in doing it? I, 
I, I think uh, they're probably dictated to from from a, from a high. Yeah. In most of what goes on. Shall we, yeah. we heard last week there where, yeah. where they wanted to didn't want to have planning permission in, in, in villages where there was no infrastructure for, for yeah. wastewater or anything like that. So But but I, let's I say I don't, I don't know really. let's say part of the feedback is um this particular area needs much better paths or needs cycle paths or something like that, which is within the control of the council. And that's fed back to them and like, do do they take it on, or do they say, "Oh, that's lovely"? Well, what they do tell us, what you you will get coming out of the uh, headquarters, the county council headquarters, is that they hear from people every year. Uh, oh, I knew nothing about that. Mm. I never knew that was happening. Yeah. It's that yeah. type of you yeah, know yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. response that they certainly have to. You know, well, according to sure. the paper now, a targeted, and this is pouring on page 13 of the Clare Echo on this, views of the public must be secured as draft county development plan goes on display. The very last paragraph is, how do people see it? A targeted social media campaign to encapsulate the views of the public is to be devised. Quinn, uh, who is Quinn? Councillor Quinn, is it? No, she's um, the economic... Um, uh, the economic director? She's a planner, senior planner. Yeah, senior Helen, planner. Helen Quinn. Local media will... Will also be utilised, she confirmed. We'd, w- w- would this station welcome some in- engagement from, from the county on this point if local media is being utilised? Mm-hmm. Initial work in 33 schools across the county will be revisited. If you get the children involved, you get the parents, she says. So they, they, they must be widening their net, all right. Yeah, she, she also has here work on the plan began in September 18, 2020. Acting senior planner Helen Quinn told Monday's meeting of the Economic Development Strategy. Policy Committee. She confirmed that the draft will go on public display on this Friday at municipal district offices and library branches. Community events have to be held in Kilistan Verna, Innes, Kilkey, Tanlara, Killaloo, Tarcastle, Kilmahel, Tuller, and Inachlan Fergus from the last week of January to the middle of February. So I suppose uh, they're, they're, they're putting it out there. And, yeah. I suppose and it's a draft, Pat. It's, it's, it's not a defined. It's not fine defi- yeah, at all. No. no. Sure, it isn't. Well, I think the radio could have that lady on or somebody on from the council introducing what the main yeah. priorities of the draft is, and and to invite listeners to contribute mm. if that if, if that was um, possible. Yeah. But I, I I would love to hear the council explain how the previous development plan how, how yeah. they took yeah. public views and how that altered the draft. Yeah, I'm just wondering. I I, I suppose a lot of us I. I must honestly admit that whenever the last development plan was out, I didn't read it. Mm. No, and, and nor did I. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I mean, to make well, an effort this year, gentlemen. I think we'll have to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think. Yeah. Well, I think it's getting very serious. That we, we, yeah. people should should people should should go in. Like if they're making an effort to go around the county, and uh, people should just attend the meetings and ask questions. Yeah. 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 There's no point to coming back later on and saying, "Oh, look, we didn't hear about it." Yes. So, yes. Exactly. And I presume there's it's there's down, when it's down in writing and it's stamped. Yeah. There's scope for for written submissions, I would imagine. I would oh, so, so, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. And how, how long do we have? It's not clear from well, the... Uh, from the from middle of February. Well, uh, from, from the end of January to the middle of February. The last week of January oh, yes. to the middle of so, February. So it's the new year, January and February. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. Mm. And, and Gabriel Keating, from, he's from West Clare, isn't he, councillor? He's uh, a, yeah. He says there should be, a, and it's <laughs> an interesting little sentence, there should be a column, quote, tell the people. 
I mean, we're great believers in that, aren't we? We are. Mm. We are. Well, we're we're pointing out to the people anyway that that this is available. It'll be available in the libraries in the area yeah. in East. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm presuming online as well. Yeah. Okay. We'll. Re- I think we'll return to this again. Uh, another area where the the county council seem to be you know, getting a bit the cold shoulder from the government is in the area of the pyrite. Mm. Um, the, by all accounts, the county council's report on the pyrite certainly isn't being accepted um, lock, stock and barrel by the, the, by the department. And uh, it's back in the council again and people see it as delaying tactics. Well, Jim, I met uh, one of our... our, our neighbours um, the other day and he said Johnny said you talk about the on the radio you talk about the pyrite problem and he says anybody ever raised the question why should the citizens have to pay for it? oh for sure that's the point I raise all the time and ye three gentlemen say we should be paying for it and the homeowners say we should be paying for it and so does the government I didn't say that (laughs) so you'd think the government shouldn't be paying for it I didn't say that either (laughs) (laughs) I'm listening I'm listening to the arguments that are being made yeah yeah. why I mean not taking sides now on the issue All right. well I'll tell you when I had our house we had our house built yeah in Scariff back in the 80s mm. and there was strict planning laws in force the planning permission was was got there were several conditions all of which were met and the council sent someone out to inspect the house when it was finished yes um and you know because of that um the council would, would would say like that everything was done as it should be done. Yes, you were in compliance with your planning. Commission. You were. Yeah. Now, I think when something like pyrite comes up and nobody spotted it early on, uh, I think the council, who are responsible for the whole development program, um, responsible that everything that's used in the house was correct, um, they have to bear some responsibility. Well, the sum is is a quantity. Well, well, and homeowners, as I understand the national scheme, you won't get your entire payment. There is there is a limit. Hmm. Depends on the size of the house, and there's all sorts of criteria. Go back to to Jim's point, though. He built his house thirty years ago, twenty five years ago, and he complied with whatever regulations were there. But there were not uh, satisfactory regulations coming from the county council with regard to building or the state. Well, the or state, the, state. Or the, yeah. the yeah. council being part of the yeah. state. Yeah. Uh, so and, and that's the argument, one of the arguments in, that people will use to say, well, the state should pay up now. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yes, I think that is one of the main I arguments. mean, the other argument I would say is that, I mean, we're all kind of as citizens in this together. And if a number of people you know, get, uh, are hard done by because of something which wasn't their fault or, you know, wasn't maybe the fault of anybody really except things slipped through. Mm. Um, we shouldn't say, well, Jenny's just stump up the money and build the house again yourself. Like, as a community, I think we have to work together to some degree. Mm. But there's a kind of a moral, if you like, element in the in that particular yes what well, i would hate field. to see you john with your blocks falling down around your ears in your house and me 
grand and, and comfortable and dry. Yeah. I suppose the counter-argument to that, Jim, um, is that John should be suing either the builder, the council, or the quarry that provided the blocks. Now, as I understand it, people have tried that, and there are cases forthcoming, but that doesn't solve the immediate problem that many homeowners have. I was listening to one of them, and she was afraid of her life during the last storm that the whole house would come down. Um, because it's an immediate problem for yeah. them. Pat, what do you well, think? If, 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 if you look at the department, have come back to, 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 um, to Clare County Council, and they have said that it's unclear whether the presence of pirates has manifested itself in structural wall damage, or the walls were damaged either wholly or partially by another cause. The seven-page letter states, the document adds that while the technical report has confirmed excessive amounts of pyrite, it has not stated whether the damage which has been documented has manifested itself due to the presence of pyrite. It might have been an earthquake, was it? While a crucial burden of proof for applications in existing DCB detective concrete block scheme, the quality of external render has been questioned and it's noted that three of the five uh, homes tested had their walls, cavities pumped with insulation. That's a wording one, now that. Well, I don't I, I, know. I, I, it's a bit spurious. Like, how many homes have been pumped with with with, with insulation, and nothing has happened mm-hmm. yet? Ah, well, yeah. if it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen. But I wouldn't pump my walls with insulation. Would, Would you, you not? not? No. Because of that? S- simply because. Because of my. Cr- that stuff, when you when you pump in all that stuff, that liquid stuff, it, it, it expands inside in the wall. Yeah. Now, if, if some fella, there might be some fella um, uh, brought in to do the job from, uh, uh, he mightn't be even be trained properly, and he could be pumping stuff into the wall, and next thing you, 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 you could, you, uh, cracks could appear. But in wouldn't the wall. you want to go to a professional who would do but the job? Could, uh, he could be a professional. Yeah, but he could still, he still could have fellas uh, working with him that wouldn't wouldn't care on him. Get, 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 Pat, get, Pat, get it out of the way as fast Pat, as he Pat, can. Pat, where's the science behind what you're saying there? <laughs> it's common sense, <laughs> but I, so I, many I, thousands I of people have had this done, mm. Pat, and nothing has happened. Yeah, it strikes that. me though that the department are kicking for touch. I think they are. Yeah, yeah. that's what I think. Yeah. A delaying tactic. Yeah, okay. it's a delaying tactic. Yeah, we'll put it down to that. Mm. Okay, can we talk about Rose Hines? Rose Hines was um, in the Dáil during the week at one of the committees and, by all accounts, uh, got a hard time from uh, a senator from East Clare, Senator Timmy Dooley. What was he saying? Well, he was quizzing her on, we'll say, the, the progress of Shannon meeting passenger targets during her time of office, um, and, and suggesting that... They fell far short of where they should be, or yeah. where, where they well um, projected. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But um, she's a very busy woman, isn't she? Yeah, she, she, yeah, she's currently on eight, eight different boards, uh, including the University of Limerick. I very much look forward to working with Miss Hines <laughs> yeah, she must into be, the future. Um, <laughs> she, must, she must be busy every day. She oh, on the board constantly. I, I, I suspect she's a very busy woman, um, and it's um, it's great to see women at that senior. Sorry, that's mine. There, that's probably Rose Hines phoning me, <laughs> um, uh, saying, "Stop now, David." <laughs> what I what I just noticed. Um, it's no fault of Porig, but uh, the the article. The article finishes mid-sentence at the very end, so the editors there cut him off in mid-flight, so we'll never know, will we, Um, what, when she was asked about, uh, you remember, and we've discussed this before, it it came out uh, with Shane Ross's book, 
um, former Minister for Transport, how how the extension to the chair uh, of, of, Shannon, of Shannon Group happened and phone calls with the Taoiseach and so on. And she's giving her response to the committee and that's, uh, that response is cut off at the very last, yeah. uh, at the very last sentence. Maybe, so we'll never an, know. maybe the online edition might have it. P- uh, probably, probably, yeah. Mm. Well, I suppose uh, there's one word against another, Shane Ross yeah. against, uh, against uh, <laughs> Rose Hines. Well, I, I'm just <laughs> thinking, I suppose, on a positive note, yeah. you know, things be- are beginning to look up a little bit for Shannon. Certainly there are much more flights now than there were. I know it's, it's hard to see the COVID aspect. Very hard. And we're, we're coming out of COVID and hopefully things would improve. Yeah. But, you know, at least there, there, there are a good few Ryanair flights. Did I read where there's a new flight to Malta? There is, from there. March. I, yes. I, I have nearly one booked. Um, I'd love to see Malta. I've never been to Malta. Um, but from March, yeah. to Sh- from Shannon, you can go to Malta. I was talking to a ground hostess. Uh, I, think I think it's Aer Lingus she, she's in. I think she is. Um, and uh, she told me, this is in the last 48 hours, uh, that... Uh, the Erlingus will be taxiing uh, crew down to Shannon. There would be no... Because there's no base no anymore. Base. And yeah, yeah. Uh, she is not on a retainer, you know. Yeah. But presumably... Her job th- is gone. Presumably sh- that's cheaper um, to do that than to have a base in Shannon, is it? Yeah, that's the, the conclusion I'd come to yeah. as well. It's, it's not environmentally she's, friendly, she's, let's put job, it that way. Her job is well, gone no, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a bit of a pity, isn't it? Uh, well, it's a very much a pity. Yeah, we'll keep uh, an eye on it. Yeah, you got no response, I suppose, um, from that. No, I've never got an email back. Yeah, uh, pity that. Yeah, it is. Would you mind, on behalf of the board here, would you <laughs> mind? Would you mind revisiting that, Jim? I would, of course. Yes. <laughs> now, now that they have a new chair and so yeah. on. Yes. Yeah. Well, we we hope that Parik Okeda is, but, is um, Parik at hard at work. Yeah, Parik Okeda was on the radio the other morning. He's, he's, he's very happy with where things are going, and he said that the the Ryanair flights are practically full going over to Shannon uh, regional, and he was in America uh, recently over with United Airlines and a few more different airlines and. Uh, uh, well, it won't be happening straight away, but he's hoping maybe that uh, there would be more, more flights coming in from America yeah. in, the, in, you know, in, in, in the future. Yeah. Listen, there's something I want to get your views on, and yeah. it's in the sports section of the Clare Champion. The uh, Clare Camogie had their AGM last week, and I see on page 18 there in the Clare Champion a picture of uh, Joe O'Donnell, who's the chairman, chairman. and who's uh, somebody we've, we've had a lot of truck with because of our involvement here in covering Camogie games. But uh, one section there talked about, uh, the the headline was, Hair and Nail Motion Doesn't Make the Cut. So Elaborate, Jim. Well, <laughs> through Conlara, who, who were finalists in the, the senior final, they proposed a rule change that, um, uh, what are they, to extend the prohibition list. Jewellery is... is currently prohibited, but fake nails, glue and gel, eyelashes and hair extensions. They can't be worn. That was, they, they, presumably they can at the moment. Yeah. But this was the thrust of the, the motion from the two Conlaro. Do they want to add them to the, to the prohibited, prohibited things? things? Why? Things. Wouldn't you like to be, if, you know? <laughs> well, if we an extended nail, it might, might do damage, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> 
They, but they're, they're only artificial things, aren't they? They are only artificial. I don't think they do much damage. It's, it strikes me... Um, you, you, remember, you remember when the volleyball thing um, uh, during the was it during the Olympics or the European Championships and the, and the governing the body yeah the governing body of, of volleyball um, said yeah. said uh, either you you have to wear bikinis or you have to I don't know what it was I wasn't fully following the story because <laughs> I might get into trouble but, um, <laughs> I remember that but it was a bit of a shock to the the observer wasn't it yeah I think the Norwegian team are you suggesting we should bring that in at, at Camogie then well? <laughs> no I'm saying I'm saying be careful governing bodies when you start talking about attire yeah because you do invade the personal space and um like hair and nail, like does it really matter to the actual sport? If it's causing, if it's causing a danger, fair enough. But I don't think any of that's causing danger. Okay. Yeah, what do you think, think Jim? Uh, yeah, the nails. I'd, I'd share John's worry on the nail <laughs> aspect, but certainly the hair extent. I mean, everything is in under the helmet anyway. Yeah, and the gel. I, I, I I'm not an expert, David. <laughs> and, Listen, and, 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 and is makeup? Are they allowed to wear makeup? Men and women should be allowed to wear makeup if they want to. Oh, they surely. certainly wear makeup. Right? Yeah. Did they do one more? And and and, and, brown, the and, and brown ten. Uh, maybe they'll try to get rid of the the fake. That'll be the next. Yeah. That'll be the next one now. Yeah. Listen, can I introduce the subject before the? break of cow dung. Oh, absolutely. Because um, cow dung was near and dear to our hearts uh, growing up. Um, but uh, there's, a, there's an article on... Uh, page 6 of the Clare Echo. Page 6 of the Clare Echo, a very interesting one, and uh, it talked about the cow dung being responsible for the uh, state of the road but in a particular part Par- of McMahon always gets the lovely stories, doesn't he? Does. He? Yes. he does. Yeah, cow but dung. I mean, but uh, fill me in, lads. I'm not a, uh, not hot on the, <laughs> the, the science of cow dung or anything like that. But, but uh, Parik McMahon is saying that he, he learned from some farmer that um, uh, cow dung left on the roadway, right? Yeah. Uh, exudes a negative type of uh, chemical which interacts with the surface of the road, yeah. thus creating problems. The tar and chip. The tar and chip. Yeah, it creates potholes, in other words. And mm. I'm wondering, it's over in West Clare somewhere he's talking about, yeah. I think. It is. And I'm, I'm wondering... South, South West Clare, yeah. Is, is, are the farmers over there using the long acre? Do you know what the long acre is? Tis the tis the tis that part of the road which nobody technically owns, I suppose, and which is um, or has been brought bought by the council at yeah. some stage with the intention of often straightening the road, but yes. never has happened. Rich grass. Now, Jim is a guy. Jim is a guy that actually that um, uh, was quite au fait with the whole uh, business of 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 cows and milking and what have you. The son of a farmer. Jim, like myself. Well, I, I remember. Did you did you learn how to milk? I remember being sent for the cows. Yeah. Uh, in particularly, uh, I would be sent off, and my father would be preparing the cow house and various other things. And the cows came out onto the road at one point. The cows yeah. had to cross the road to get to our house yeah. to get to the cow house. So they they came out on the road, and there was a stretch of road, maybe uh, about maybe sixty, seventy meters, yeah. and then they turned into the yard. Yeah. And that piece of road, I often noted when I was youngster, was not in the same condition that the rest of the road was. 
that a lot of the stones would become loose yeah, and yeah, that there wouldn't yeah. be half as many. You talk about tar and chip. There was more tar than chip on that yeah. part of the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I often, I did wonder as a youngster, um, was the fact that, you know, there would be, there would be plenty of cow dung on that part of the road. Mm. Yeah. Um, was that uh, a reason a factor. for it? So uh, th- that's why that story well, resonated with well, me. Well, it, it, it does seem to be the case. Um, and in it, I, I know of, it has got a bit serious because I know in my own local place, uh, a farmer uses the road. The council asked the farmer not to... Uh, send his cows up the road. No, it's a small boring. How is he going to? He 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 tried his best to acquire land on either side of the road, but that was impossible, and it was a significant cost to him. But the council now have refused to pay for the upkeep of that road as long as those cows are going up that road. And is it a generally used road? No, it's a it's a country boring. It's very similar to I say the Southwest Clare Road, which is a local, you know, an L road, yeah, which is a yeah. boring really. Yeah. Um, um, so it's not a primary route, but it is. It's it's often used by the public, yeah. obviously. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm I'm still interested in what Jim was saying in relation to the actual uh, milking. He was privileged uh, that he acquired the skill uh, of milking at a very young age. Yes, but he he told me once that deprived him of opportunities to play with his friends down hurling yeah. in the hurling oh God. field. The poor child. That's why I always played junior B. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we're we're at uh, half time, and I think Pat might have some suggestions where we might relax over the break and uh, listen to a bit of music. Christmas, um, uh, the Christmas time, and uh, we'll have. Uh, I will survive from Gloria Gaynor, so we'll be all trying to survive over the Christmas. Hopefully, okay, <laughs> Gloria Gaynor, I will survive. And you're very welcome back. You're listening to local media this week on Scarif Bay Community Radio. And that was a great hit from the about 1978, I'd say, or 79. And that was Gloria Gaynor and I Will Survive. Looking at, normally we we stick to the local papers, but uh, John brought in a heading here that he photocopied from uh, the Irish Times during the week. And um, it's of, of a sort of international Uh, interest and it says Pope condemns Europe over migrant crisis and of course during the week the Pope visited the island of Lesbos where uh, so many migrants are are being housed I suppose for the want of a better word or uh, confined Um, but the Pope has delivered it says a stinging rebuke Mm. to migration politics in an address at a migrant camp on the, uh, as I said, on the Greek island of Lesbos. John, this caught your attention very much. It did, Jim, because it's been in the media fairly strongly over the last while. We see it visually, no gay in the evening news, particularly on eastern, on the eastern borders of, of Europe. We're isolated somewhat from it. But we have seen a week ago how many died on the channel. 
29, nearly 29. 30 people, I think. He said, you know, in he, he was speaking, as you said, Jim, in the island of Lesbos, and he was addressing the main body of, of his hearers were, in fact, refugees. And he was said, look it, it comes at a time when migration policies have hardened in the European Union. Now we're aware of that. Some countries uh, on the Union's borders uh, are asking to be allowed to use EU funding to build fences to secure the frontier. Gee, you see, now that's kind of fairly hard. But it does raise the question, where do we stand on the issue of migrants? You see, uh, he, he did say, um, when human lives are in peril, when human dignity is in danger, national borders become irrelevant. You know, and speaking to the directly to the refugees, but with a, a message for the European uh, wider political leadership, Pope Francis made an appeal to stop the Mediterranean becoming what he said a graveyard in what he calls a shipwreck of civilization. If we want to start again, we must look at the faces of children. We find the courage to be ashamed in front of them, who, those who are innocent and who are the future. Well, they ask our consciences, what kind of a world do you want to give us? We cannot turn away from the images of their small bodies laying inert on the beaches. Hmm. That's a challenge to all of us. And it's coming to a stage where we have to start uh, examining our own conscience on this issue. And it does look as if, uh, the final observation Pat, of, that I have on it, it does look as if uh, the Catholic Church, the head of the Catholic Church, is taking up this beacon and making it a central point of our Christian behavior. How we respond to the migrant crisis. Well, I suppose in the, in the awful um, in the in the awful shame on 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 on, on, on politics in, in every country, whether it is here or in the or, or some you know or where these people come from, that uh, this kind of thing happens. Yeah, I think this 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 is downright you know it, it's terrible. Really. It, 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 there must be a, a, there must be a huge amount of of just. Not looking after people out, out out there, we'll say in those countries, there must be, uh, as possible, all, all, there must be an awful lot of, of people that, that that don't care. Like, is it just mm -hmm. power? The, the, those people get power, and they don't care about who who is about their about their um, about their people. I don't know about her. Hmm. The, the the situation where migrants have become politicized between the European Union, Russia, and Belarus um, is really dis really disappointing and upsetting. Really, we do have to look, I think, at ourselves as a country, and we have to look at this going right back to the forties when we had a very strict regime. Um, I, I see Eamon de Valera mentioned in in the. This week in the papers because Michal Martin was coming down. Um, but we have to remember that uh, that in the 1940s we took very few Jews from Europe. They had to go through particular um, particular administrative burdens of proof, and as a result, and our ambassador in Berlin refused to sign various visa forms and so on. I was looking at the news today where we have a very similar 
we have a we have a refugee regime. I mean, we have a system and processes where, in this case, they were talking about Afghanistan and people coming in, but they still have to get birth certs and all sorts of documentation to prove who they are. And we must remember that they come from countries where these sorts of bureaucracies and systems can't give them birth certs and all the documentation. We see also in the last few years in this country how local places, local towns, object to the uh, the building or the provision of centres for people coming from abroad because they don't want them. Or, or now they might be justified in some parts of that criticism because the facilities there aren't provided like schools and so on. But it does send out, I mean, a, a more measured uh, response is needed. Why do we not want them, as you say? What do you think? I don't, I, don't, I, I, I think certain people uh, would welcome um, people leaving their countries because of war, because of famine and destitution. I think some people uh, worry about people coming in, taking advantage. Looking at Britain now, for example, that was one of the major worries, the people coming in from Romania, particularly Romania, whatever it was, b availing of a sympathetic sort of social welfare system. So these are some of the arguments. Now, I, I'm not subscribing to any of those arguments, but these are some of the arguments put out and many more. And then there are racist arguments as well. Which are uh, which are disguised sometimes, um, but they're all there. Uh, the Pope, to be fair to him, is doing exactly what a Pope should be doing, and what what uh, Christians or any Christian clergyman would be doing is to highlighting this as a problem, as an issue, and and asking us to reflect. So I think it's good mm. to reflect. Well, and Jim, it is also good to do something about it. The Vatican, the Vatican are the biggest. Have the Vatican Bank are the most richest bank in the world. Does, does they? Do they? What do they do to support these people? Now, to be fair, I, I take your argument, and we sometimes think money will get us out of it. I think the Pope, to be fair to him, um, regularly takes in refugees. I think he's taken in twenty-five. Remember, the Vatican is a very small place, but uh, but it would be wonderful to see the other Christian leaders and the clergy in this country adopt similar put and put it up to our state and politicians you know what are we doing as a country as a state well i think we, we can't there's two things we can't do we can't open the gates and let everybody in 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 the majority in, i think most people believe that yes we can't shut the gates and keep everybody out either no so we need somewhere in between um, where where yeah. we can play our part, bring in maybe more than we'd like to bring in. Yeah, I think the numbers yes. are only ever yes. in the hundreds. I see. I see. Just before Pat Pat wants to get in there, but just this week, um, the government did announce, and, and and I certainly welcome it. The undocumented people who have come into this country now. Of course, the government would, wouldn't they, when they argue that Irish people in the United States should, ha should the undocumented in the United States should be given documents. So the irony of it. So, but anyway, they have now given uh, people who are undocumented in this country uh, 
uh, right, a pathway to citizenship, I think is yes. what they call it. Yes, yes. Pat wanted to come in there. Just, just we, we have people in these centers for the last maybe 10 to 15 or 20 years, and some people are still in them. So, you know, you, yeah. you just can't yeah. put them into a center down in Nakhlesheen yeah, or Bern yeah, yeah, yeah. or something and just leave them there. Yeah, and yeah. it is noted in the in the program for government that the center, that the provi direct provision center is being done away with and replaced yeah. with something else. Now, what that yeah. what that is, yeah, we, just we haven't heard. We'd love to know what it yeah. is. Because it must involve some sort of centers. Okay, yeah. listen, we must go on. We have a few topics to cover. Looking at page four in the Care Champion there, a uh, very happy, smiling face of Fiona McGarry, who was a winner in the local print and online category uh, at the Headline Mental Health Media Awards. And Fiona, of course, has been on our program here. Uh, she's come out to, to talk to us. Uh, so we'd like to congratulate her. Indeed. Indeed. And Dan Danaher, also from the Clare Champion, has been uh, a prize winner as well, and his photograph is there as well. And Dan is someone we haven't had out yet, but uh, hopefully he will be able to come out at some stage fairly soon. And the third thing there is actually a photograph of uh, Mark Wilson, Mark from Mount Shannon there, who runs the forge, and fabulous photograph, and taken by the man who won the award, and that was John Kelly. Yeah. So, um, we know we noticed that we noticed that uh, photograph when it was produced first. It yes. caught us our, It caught the eye then, and it still catches. It's, it's, the it's magnificent, isn't it? Yeah, the sparks. I think I like the sparks coming yeah. off the anvil yeah. there. Yes, and the lighting and shading. Yes, and a most interesting man, Mark Wilson. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. congratulations to all of those people there associated with the Clare Champion on winning those awards. Uh, seating in the graveyard in Scarab. <laughs> There's something. Uh, Pat, would you sit down in the graveyard well, and rest your weary, if there was a seat? <laughs> if yeah. there was a seat, I probably would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you frequent graveyards much now, Pat? When I do, uh, I'd be, uh, be called at times to come along and dig a grave. Oh, yeah, of course, that's the tradition here. Back, yeah, I think that's a lovely tradition um, where, where, where the neighbours or the locals yeah. dig the grave of, of, of do you the have deceased. It down we don't. It's long Cork. gone. It's it's all done now by the undertaker and his, his people. people yeah. Yeah. And so that was the new thing that when I came here uh, six years ago that I discovered happened. Yeah. And I, I think it's a very nice thing to do yeah, and to have indeed. maintained and yeah. maintained. Yeah, the, the, the council now appear to know that the that the health and safety is a big concern in, in these 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 uh, jobs now. So that's why the, mm. that's why they're changing over to to the undertaker. Yeah, to yeah, the but Pat, Pat Burke very deliberately uh, refers to the need for a seating in Scarif Cemetery. Um, isn't that right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And could it begin a movement, if you like? that uh, the council would put in uh, seating, not too many, but in each cemetery that there would be a, a couple, because it's, a, it's an ideal place, I would imagine, for reflection. Well, there, there are people, there are events that take place in graveyards besides burials. Yes. Uh, I mean, one being the blessing of the graves in yeah. November, yeah. the other being the graveyard masses, which I know around here take place in June. Mm. So, in... in um, 
you know, lots of people who come to funerals as well, maybe they're not great to stand up. Hope, yeah, and yeah. you often see people sitting outside mm. in the car out on the road, and maybe if there was a seat, they'd come in and sit down. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So we wish we wish Pat Burke well now yes. in, in the pursuit of this objective, and isn't it? Staying with graveyards, moving down nearer to Pat Burke's home in Clonrush in Whitegate, I see on the Clare Champion at the, the East Clare page there uh, that Fiona and Dan have, and they have uh, Teamwork Conserves Clare Monastic Site. Now, I've heard about this. I haven't been down there recently, but um, it seems that a lot of the buildings there and the stonework has been conserved so that it will remain there for, you know, generations to come. Mm. Yes. In terms but this is a, it's a nice example of how a local community... And the, and the council and the National Monument Service, because, of course, these are protected structures, um, but how they all can cooperate and, and conserve it. It's not restoring. It's not doing anything else. It's just keeping what is there. And by the looks of it, there's a nice picture of it, photographed by Eamon Ward, uh, proper lime render and uh, uh, and pointing is all that was required by the looks of it, uh, which is the proper job. You should never use concrete uh, in these old buildings. Yes. Never. And I see local historian Alfie O'Brien has published uh, a work called A Historical Tour of Clonliffe, of Clonliffe, of Clonrush Graveyard. And uh, Alfie, I mean, the, the work that Alfie has done, working away quietly, uh, and that's the way he works, and that's the way he likes to work, working away on you know, items of local interest and local history mm. is very much to be commended. Yeah. Indeed. Going back yeah. over many, many years. Yeah. Um, but it's it's lovely to see it and lovely to see that uh, Clan Rush Graveyard will be will be conserved and will be preserved. Do we know uh, anything about do actually do we know anything well, about the history of I'd the I'd love to know a bit more the site. All that it says is it's a twelfth twelfth century monastic site. And that it's associated with St. Colmon. I know nothing about St. Colmon, but given our interest in these things, given given what's happening in Mount Shannon with regard to Holy Island, given, given Tomb Graney has interpreted uh, its church, be lovely to see some information on the site. Maybe that's the next step for the, for hmm. the community now that it is conserved. A little bit of information just when it was built, uh, what happened, what's its story, and a little bit more maybe about St. Colmon. And indeed, um, uh, just... The, I'm, I'm reminded now uh, that Ger Madden's book on the uh, history of Mino Parish is imminent, um, do you know? And that should be a, a fascinating, a, a fascinating yeah. source, source yeah. for us yeah. as well. Okay. I suppose all the, all the, all the, 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 the cemeteries around, all the old ones anyway, they'll the, the be full of history and, and, and you know, of, of various people who... You'd be dying to know what's going on, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, listen, I will, we'll, um, I'm afraid to lower the tone a bit even further. Uh, because on, we'll stay with page um, 13 of the Clare Champion. Uh, and there's a picture there of Tony O'Brien, Councillor Tony O'Brien. He's looking Hillio. very pensive, uh, Jim. I, I think he's looking quite cross, to be honest with you. All right, okay, all right, okay, lovely. But anyway, the headline, Fiona McGarry's headline there is, Call to Act as Dog Fouling Remains a Sticky Issue. Well, oh, Porrick McMahon has a, uh, an interesting heading as well on the same theme, Special Bins for Dog Poo. 
to be considered in Killaloo. Do you know something? Is dog poo very sticky, John? Uh, well, you're a dog owner. I'm not. <laughs> and, uh, okay. But I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. I mean, it does look, if, if this motion gets, its, gets a response, positive response, it looks as if dogs are going to get toilets before the, the human yeah. being in our villages around. <laughs> yes. Because we don't have any, actually, public toilet in Scarth. We don't, we don't. indeed. And I mean, we do, in places like Broadford, where we were last week, John, we don't yeah. have any sewage scheme. Indeed. But, indeed. Uh, well, happily, humans don't go around defecating around the public, mm. do they? Much. Ah, but do you know what is very good? He's, uh, the idea now is the county council are, are going to provide free of charge, free of charge, that's going to be something you won't agree with too much. Again, <laughs> because you'll be paying for it. You'll be paying for it. You know, your dog. So there's nothing free, ultimately. Yeah. Bags being provided and and bins being provided, especially for dogs. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what yeah. do you think? What do you think? Uh, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Tomb Grainy Development Association have already got certainly the free bags uh, uh, around the place in the park and beyond anywhere yeah. walking. And I'd say they're they're used because they have to be replenished uh, yeah. fairly regularly. Now I don't know. There is no bin, so you have to bring it home with you. And what do you do with it when you bring it home? Well, oh, I would be. You can't compost it. That's the most That's important right. yeah, point. Yeah. You have to put it in your own wheelie bin, not in the compostable bin now, and not in the oh recycling God. bin, but in the in the black bin. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Or, or, where does or, that or be- if you have a ditch. Wait a minute. Where if you own uh, well, a ditch. No, 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 no. Where <laughs> where do you go with this black bin you were talking of? Well, the black bin then is 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 collected uh, once a fortnight by by the company that collects the bin. And we want to know where it where it goes. It goes into the in landfill. That's where it goes. So basically, that's another like the ditch. It's thrown into the ditch. <laughs> yeah, but John was one, one hopes that the plastic bags that they're talking about, and one's ho- one hopes that if Killaloo does do this, as is being suggested by Tony O'Brien, that the bags are decompostable, and that they are, if they do end up in landfill, that it'll eventually go back to nature. Okay, as long as they're not fired into the Shannon <laughs> and go down, and then Pat can sell the water to the, to the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Dogs will not buy the contaminated water, so we have to watch that. If you're interested in getting that tariff out, out of the water, you have, we have to be... be but but it is, we, we've spoken about it before. It is awful to be seeing it, yeah. It is. Okay, we're nearly there, uh, gentlemen. Uh, one thing we just want to mention, uh, Pat, handball. We've had um, a very yeah. successful group of handballers in this uh, area yeah. over the last few weeks. The ladies, yeah. The Anya Linehan was representing, it was, it was my neighbour over on the Lands Middles. She was representing Christian Handball Club and she defeated Elaine Bern in, in the girls under 15 All Ireland singles final. And then you had um, you had Fina Close all, uh, as well from the Lands Middles and she was partnered by Emma Rogers from uh, Scarif who plays with Tom Grady and they won the All-Ireland Doubles title. Very good. And they yeah. and Pearing under 15 All-Ireland Doubles. Under 15 All-Ireland Doubles, yeah. yeah. And you had uh, Garot cheated in, he won under 17. He's from Mogundalone and he plays yes. with Tom Grady as well. So you had four, four, four medal winners in the, in, in, in the region yeah. there for the last, uh, last, last couple of weeks. But it's not every day we lend uh, four All-Ireland medals no, here it's in It's under age, under 15 and under 17. So Congratulations. 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 We yeah. congratulate them all. Okay, listen, folks, we've reached our time. The like to mention just before we go the calendar 
the Scariff Bay Community Radio calendar, the beautiful calendar. I know we spoke about it over the last few weeks as well, but uh, it is well worth uh, getting in. It only costs five euro, and it's a lovely Christmas present, particularly for somebody uh, who lives away. Ruth Griffin's beautiful photographs of East Clare, all over East Clare, from Killaloo to Whitegate to Tulla to all over the place. Um, she has taken photos and uh, put them together in a beautiful calendar. Now, the... Yes, John? Just to, Very quickly, to, John. Ten seconds. Ju- I don't even need ten seconds, but <laughs> it's just to tell you that the golf, golf club, the golf course back in East Clare is now back in the members' hands again. Oh, All very good. problems. I think oh. you mentioned that last week, John. Yes. Well, now it's this. <laughs> I, that's where I'm heading now to the AGM. <laughs> to, 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 to John S. Kelly, to Pat O'Brien, to David Fleming, that's many thanks for uh, joining us again this evening and giving us your tuppence worth on various bits and pieces. Uh, Pat, have you uh, something to sign us off? Well, I suppose we're, 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 after the 8th of December, we're in the Christmas uh, scene, so we'll have Perry Como with I Will Be Home for Christmas. Okay, Perry Como signing us off this evening. Uh, join us again next Sunday afternoon, please, here on local media this week. Uh, until then, goodbye and God bless. I'll be home for Christmas